we started earlier and I want to start off by a word of prayer because um, as you know, prayer is the main thing we need to have God's presence um, and his spirit in the midst of us when we do any anything, anything. And so I want to pray before we get started this evening. I want to thank you all for being consistent and joining with us. We had a little bit of technical difficulty, but glory be to God, we're still on. So that's a blessing here. And then I just want to share to a couple platforms. Yolanda, I don't know if you want to share while we're getting started. Um, and we can do that as well. Okay. 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 Awesome. All right. So that way you... Um... Father, we bless you. We thank you. We praise you, God. We thank you for this day, God, a day we never seen before and we'll never see it again. But God, we thank you that we come tonight to give you praise, to give you honor and to offer comfort, God, to offer education. God, those things that we need to get through day to day with grief, God. So many people are hurting. So many people are misunderstood. So many people are unsupported. And God, we come tonight with support, with comfort, with information, with coping skills. God, we come in your name. God, we come to comfort those who mourn. Because, God, you said that you would be with us. So, God, we're asking you to just be in the midst of this podcast, this Facebook Live. God, we thank you that you get the glory, the honor, and all glory, all honor goes to you, Lord. So be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. And I want to, um, I want to tonight um, introduce you. Thank you for coming on, Yolanda, and um, talking with us in the area of grief, because we know that it's real. A couple of things I've always heard that people say, it's two things that's promised. We will leave this earth, and they always say we will pay taxes. <laughs> but grief is um, something that most of us will always experience. Um, we can have grief in so many different areas of life, not just death. And so um, tonight, I just want to go over... Um, Miss Yolanda Booker's uh, bio, introduce y'all to her, um, introduce her to you all, and then um, let her have a say, and we'll go through some questions, and we'll just have a conversation. If anyone tonight is on this podcast or this live, and you have a need or want a question, feel free to put it in the comment section if we can answer that. If Yolanda can be of assistance, we'd be glad to do so. Um, and as you know, here at the podcast, as Yolanda prayed, um, our mission and our vision is to always offer um, the Lord Jesus Christ and to speak about topics, things that God wants us to be free and free from. Also, that we will give him all the honor, the glory and the praise. And the main thing is that we will utilize our faith so that lives will be saved and people can be delivered and most of all God can be glorified and again I'm your host Jackie Wade if you do not have a subscription I want to offer you tonight get a free subscription to podbean.com that way you can hear all the other podcasts we've been now um, completing and doing the podcast for almost two years in July so there's plenty of episodes things that you can go back and listen to live episodes of course and then other episodes that I've done individually so get a free subscription and then follow us on Facebook follow us on YouTube follow us on Instagram and if you have any prayer requests feel free to send them to kingdom power 
0916 at gmail.com. Again, that's Kingdom Power at 09, I'm sorry, Kingdom Power 0916 at gmail.com. So on tonight, I want to um, introduce Yolanda Booker to you all. I want to uh, read her bio. So Yolanda Booker was raised and born in Philadelphia, PA. She received her education through the Catholic school system. Yolanda has been married for more than 24 years, a mother of three beautiful children and a grandmother of three gorgeous, gorgeous granddaughters. Yolanda received her Bachelor of Science degree in Business Management Administration in 2011 from the University of Phoenix. In 2022, she earned her master's degree in counseling from Misso Seminary. In pursuit to her dream of helping others, she became a certified life coach in 2014 and a biblical counselor in 2018. In 20, 2007, tragedy hit Yolanda's family when her youngest son was diagnosed with cancer, which he battled until 2013. And Yolanda used her grieving experience and became the author of God Chosen Son, which tells the story of her son's journey of battling cancer. After writing the book, she created a journal titled Grief Speaks to assist others to channel their feelings. The journal inspired her to construct a nonprofit virtual support group. And this virtual community of Grief Speaks, which is a 501c3, was founded in November of 2022. The community is to provide a forum for people to have a support group to share their grieving experiences and assist each other through the grieving process. As a pre-licensed mental health therapist, Yolanda also provides one-on-one -on -one therapy sessions specializing in grief. Yolanda welcomes you to take this journey with her. The scripture that she always lists and is on her website, earth has no sorrow, heaven cannot heal. And that's Isaiah 25, 10. And so tonight, I want to welcome you all to um, sit in on the podcast as our very own special guest, Yolanda Booker with Grief Speaks, helps <laughs> us to navigate through some of these challenging times when we're going through grief. So if you know anyone, if you yourself are going through anything, stay connected, stay put tonight on the podcast. Also, like, share, and comment, but share this because this may ultimately bless someone else through something that they may not want to share. They may be very personal about, very quiet about, but this may give them that opportunity to understand that they are not by themselves. And so tonight I introduce to you Miss Yolanda Booker. Yolanda, did you want to enter or add anything? No, thank you so much for having me. So just so you all know, Jackie is a very, very special sister to me. We've been friends and been serving for quite some time. And I am just really proud of her, the Remnant Podcast. What you say, two years? So excited. I mean, you know, we've we've been there and back. Yeah. Serving God the whole time. So I'm just excited about being here tonight. The devil yeah. thought he was going to have his way, but God said not so. Absolutely. <laughs> and I know that's right. Absolutely. And so, um, Yolanda, I wanted to ask you as we get started tonight. Um, I know you we talked just now about your youngest son. Did you want to add anything else in regards well, to that? 
Um, not really. I can tell you just kind of how Grief Speaks got started and how um, God intrigued me with um, giving me the assignment to help others. So my son battled cancer for six years. Um, he had what we call Ewan's sarcoma. It's a bone and muscle cancer. And through that experience, I journaled the entire time my journey with him. And that's how we were able to publish God's Chosen Son, because I journaled the whole time. And then after that, um, I felt like so many people grieve so many things, right? Mm -hmm. So we talk about the grief of loss of loved ones, but people grieve so many things that they're not aware of. We grieve relationships. We grieve health. We grieve marriages. We grieve loss of jobs. We grieve so many things. Because you know what? As we live, there's things that we lose. And when we lose things, it brings on grief. And so it was very important to me that through my journey of grief um, after losing my son, of course, along with so many other losses, you know, family members, jobs, and all of those things, um, I felt like, you know, people don't really understand grief. They say, you know, we try. We know what's in the books. We know, you know, people want to support us, but there's so many things that people don't talk about. Also, over everything, I felt like, when you're hurting the way you hurt with grief, all you want to do is feel better. And you often hear people say, I just want it to go away. And that's such a false statement because the truth of the matter is, it doesn't go away. It, it does get better. God can heal us, but we will forever miss the person that we lost, or we will have those moments and times where we feel down because of loss. And like I said, you know, people get married and marriages end in divorce. That person never forgets that. They move on, they get another family and happily marry, but that's still an experience that they live with. And so I felt like the more we learn about grief, and, and and even with me studying to be a therapist, I learned so many things, right, from the book. So I learned it from the book, but I learned it walking through it. And there were so many things that people don't talk about. You know, it's, it's, you know, okay, take the time you need and all of those things. So it brings me to, you know, we talk about types of grief. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have uncomplicated grief, we have complicated grief, we have anticipatory grief, and there's something called secondhand grief. So uncomplicated grief is you, you know, you lose someone, of course you grieve them, but you can kind of move on from it. You can, you know, that's the grief that you can kind of keep going. Um, but then there's complicated grief. Complicated grief sometimes is those people who may get depressed and can't come out of it or have anxiety attacks and, and and just don't know what to do with them. You know, I've met people in my journey at support groups that I met one woman who never spoke again mm -hmm. after losing her child. 
like just you know people who have had breakdowns who lives never go back to once what they once were but people around you expect you to you know grieve all you want but at some point when are you going to be that person you once were um, and then there's anticipatory death, which is sort of what I went through when we talk a lot of times when we're talking health. You know, my son had a terminal illness. So although he lived six years and he he beat cancer's butt through those six years, he impacts so many lives. There was an anticipation that he would leave us. Nobody knew when and how but the anticipation was from the doctors was he would leave us mm -hmm. and then there's secondhand grief where it's usually the caregiver carrying the grief of people around them so again those those types of grief that i'm speaking of we can read probably in every book in some capacity and pull it up on Google and all of those things all of those resources that we have and don't get me wrong they're great resources then you, you you know we hear about the five stages of grief which is denial and anger depression bargaining acceptance and all of those are real but everybody don't have all of those don't hit those and they have no rhyme or reason they come the way they want to there's no certain way of doing it there's not you know they are the stages of grief but they don't have to come stage one is denial it, it it's one thing I can tell you tonight is that grief is unique. Everybody has their own story. Everybody has their own way because everybody is grieving someone in a unique way, even though it may be the same person. If you have a sister or a brother and you lose your mother, you all going to grieve your mother, but you'll all grieve differently, maybe. Right. So it's very personal and it's very unique. And I think when we learn that, that helps us because you can't look at me, Jackie, and say, oh, I want my grief to be just like hers because right. it's unique to where you are and who you are. And I think for some people, they get blindsided by comparing themselves. And we know just in day to day life, it is very dangerous to compare yourself to somebody else because everybody does things differently. Right. But there's one part of grief that I want to talk about. And one day I'm believing God to write about. Um, and that's the insecurity that grief can cause. Mm -hmm. the, and that's the part to me that helped me when I understood it because nobody talks about how insecure you can become after a loss, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. After mm -hmm. a loss, whenever there's loss, there's change. If you lose a job and you get a new one, you got to learn how to do it that way. So there's change. And sometimes it comes with insecurity because you don't know it like you knew it, mm -hmm. right? So for me, I'm a mom of three, but my two, they were grown on their own with their own children when I lost the youngest, Nicole. And so we went from having one child living at home to losing him and an empty nest. So what I'm saying is that insecurity came for me because now all I knew how to do was be a mom. Right. So what, what do I do now? Right? I, I 
I begin to be insecure in my relationships with other people because of remember I'm hurting. You know, we hear that hurt people hurt people. And that's a true statement. But sometimes it's more behind the hurt. And some of it is insecurity. You don't want to compare yourself to somebody, but if they look happy, I want to be like you. I don't right. want to live in this pain every day. I don't want to feel like life can never be fun for me again because of this pain that I live with day to day. It caused you to be insecure. It caused me to be insecure in my marriage in so many ways, right? Because now I'm not understanding it because we always had kids to keep us occupied. Mm -hmm. Now there's no children the house is quiet we're like oh what do we do now right the insecurity of grief and i think it's so important that when people understand that it's okay when you look at yourself in the mirror when you're grieving and say that that one statement is who am i what do i do now where do i go now i did this thing for so many years and now what i'm supposed to do now i'm just gonna be transparent with you and I hope my niece don't mind but my niece is here with me and my niece just lost her mother so even as I speak to you right now I have my niece grieving right right here in front of my face while I'm speaking to you and I want her and I'm glad she's here to hear what we talk about tonight because she's in that place I just lost my mom that I talked to that I cared for that I took the appointments and all of those things what do I do Auntie, what do I do now? Right? And and that's the part. And that's the part that we run into when we say, Am I crazy? Like, what's going on? Because one minute I'm laughing, the next minute I'm crying. I don't know. And these are the things that we teach in Grief Speaks. We teach about these things that, you know, that the the cultural responses that we deal with on a day-to-day, because you know, culturally we've been taught to survive oh square your shoulders you'll be all right you're all right you mm-hmm. don't know that we don't know we know that god is able to do all things mm-hmm. but the one thing i know also is that we have a job to do god can do all things but we have to be intentional about our healing it's it's just like you know you you probably heard um people say you know don't don't keep praying to get your blood pressure down but you keep eating pig feet you know what i mean right. you have to be intentional and grief is the same way you can be feel better god can deliver you god can heal you but you have to be intentional about getting up you have to be intentional about getting help you have to be intentional about being honest about what you're feeling right and i think that's one of the stigmas in our culture is not being honest about how we feel you know when 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 we're hurting you know unless we're falling apart we're not saying i'm falling apart you good yet i'm good I'm all right. Yeah, everything's good. I'm all right. I'll be all right. You know, instead of saying, listen, today is not a good day. I'm hurting. Listen, I need a hug. Will you pray for me? Will you pray with me? You know, listen, I need you to go to God and call my name because the nights are hard without my loved one. For those who lost loved ones, you know, those who have lost, you know, um, spouse your life partner, 
You know, now your house is a one income household. How are you going to pay your bills? You're grieving, but you don't know how you're going to pay your bills because you had that other person there. So life really shifts right. in grief, right? And some of those shifts are suddenly shifts. And when we hit those suddenly shifts, the one thing that I learned in grief, if I didn't learn anything else, is that I couldn't do it by myself. And I'm not going to lie, being who I am, who God made me, I'm not going to apologize for it. But I, the, one of the hardest things I had to say was, Lord, I need you. I can't do this by myself. And for me, I lost my mother 20 years prior, suddenly. And I'm an only child. And I kept going. So when this time hit, when it was my child, I said, mm -mm, I need help. And I need help spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. Listen, I need all of it. I need a therapist. I need God. I need church. I need people. You know, I need my husband. I needed so many things. And I allowed myself, you know, through therapy um, and through prayer to get the help that I needed. So Is you it just, you, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, no, go ahead. You, you just said something that made me, like, stop. You know, you said you needed help in all of those different areas. And so many times, um, like you said, we can keep moving and keep just going. And sometimes, you probably know, as you know, I know you know, talking with different people, you have to keep moving. Like, you don't get, some people don't ever, ever sit down and grieve, you know? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, they got, they, they are everything to everybody. Right. right? And I want to ask you, what, what would you say, or what is some things, if, if someone tonight is watching, and they're hopefully thinking, if they ever lost someone, then they, they can go back to that time in their life when they lost someone, but they also had to keep making it happen. Like for some people, it could be their mother died and they were an older sibling and they had to take care of the younger siblings, right? What can you share with them that can help them take a look at themselves or or recognize that it's still you're still able to grieve and and get help and be healthy with it? Is there anything? What I would offer tonight is take a look. You said it was you said a mouthful when you said take a look at yourself. Stop long enough to be honest with yourself about where you are and who you are, right? And when you take that look at yourself, then get some people or a person that you feel that loves you and will support you. And use your resources. See, we've been taught so much that I got this. I'm grown. I'm str I'm strong. I got this. But there are so many resources to help us. I mean, granted, let's start here. Even with therapy, right? Even if it's therapy just to go cry and learn some coping skills, you're still caring for yourself, right? Stopping long enough to say, I need help. And then how do I get that help? Lord, show me who to talk to. Everything is not for everybody. And the thing about it is when you're hurting, 
sometimes people don't know how to take you. And you don't know how to take yourself for that matter. And you'll hear a lot of, you're not who you used to be. I don't even recognize you now. I don't even know who you are anymore. And you know what? If we're honest, we can look back at that person and say, neither do I. I don't know who I am either. Right? Because, again, and we talk about this in church. We talk about this in life. Because we put the show on, right? We put the mask on. I'm good. I'm okay. But we're hurting inside and we suffer in silence. And that's what we're seeing today with suicide being so high. It's suffering in silence. Because you won't tell nobody, listen. I'm having a hard time. So one of the things that I do say, just to go back with what you said, and grief speaks, I use this analogy all the time. Keep driving. Just keep driving. Listen, don't ever put it in park if you, if you can avoid it, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you put it in neutral. For my drivers on the line, when you in neutral, you know how you rock, right? You're not really going nowhere but you kind of rocking back and forth until you can get it into park or reverse to keep moving even if you gotta rock your way through just don't stop moving because that's where we get stuck and you we all, all know when we get stuck it's like crabs in a bell trying to get dig yourself out right again understanding taking time out with God, learning yourself even with God, because I'm going to just keep it all the way real. I learned really who I am through this grieving process. I thought I was something. Girl, I ain't had nothing going on when grief hit. It was like, wait a minute, wait, wait. You know, and we learn every day. But be honest with yourself and use the resources around you and grab on to people that you trust and you know care about you to walk with you. You're not weak for needing help. You're human. I like That's that. what I'll say. You're yeah, not weak. I like that. You're human. You're human. Because we, we try to walk around like the robot at um, Giant. You know, just like, mm -hmm. like we don't feel nothing. And that's not true. We are human. So you are not weak. I don't care if you cry all day and all night. You, that Crying is never a weakness. Right? But we are human. Please be human. Pinch yourself. It hurts. It really does. Right. And um, yeah, and that's good because that takes me to asking you. Well, you gave a good description of grief. Like there's different types, you know. Um, people get a divorce, that's a that's a type of grief. Um, but then you know, Jesus die that we would have victory you know like over death and over the sting of it you talked about the stages of grief and you said how they can go different ways depending on the person and don't just because it's in a, spe a specific order doesn't mean that an individual will go through those griefs those steps that way they can go through it different ways because we're all very unique um but how would you what would be your definition of grief Grief is a process of learning how to manage your pain. That's good. Um, because again, it doesn't go away. So it really comes down to learning how to manage it. It's sneaky. Because it comes when it wants. It does what it wants. 
You know, you cry today, you scream tomorrow, you mad today, you good tomorrow. So it does what it does. But the more we learn how to manage it, because it's a journey and it is a process, in every process, you have to manage the stages, right? You got to figure out what to do. The only unfortunate part is that you give me this framework of what it's supposed to look like. And some days it looks like that, but other days it doesn't. And you're like, well, what do I do? Mm -hmm. So learning to manage grief, the process of managing your pain is how I feel um, I would define grief. That's good. Because that just, just now when you said that, it made me look at it like each process that you to go through but first I guess the first step is acknowledging that there is an issue right yes 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 so so here's usually how it works um for most of us right the person passes away whether you was expecting it not expecting it it happened then here come all the business you don't grieve the first two weeks somebody passed because I got to call the funeral home and let me tell everybody and here come everybody and what happened and what they say and what they do. You got the paperwork? Do they have insurance? Do you have money? We need flowers. Where's the undertaker? Da, da, da. And that's all you can do, right? Now, the funny part is then you're you, you making it because you have to do these things. Then you get to the stage of the funeral. You was just beginning to kind of get your rhythm a little bit. And now I got a phase going to a funeral. So that takes me back five steps, right? So you, you lose your rhythm. So you go, you do, you have the funeral, you connect with family members, you know, and, and all of those things, right? And then everybody goes home. And if you're the caregiver or the person that was closest to that person, everybody goes back to their lives. They go to work, they take care of their kids, they do everything. And you're stuck looking at yourself saying what I said was insecure. Where do I go from here? What do I do? You know? And there's so many stages we could be here all night because you want to, for me, I only can speak about me. I went through a period of I felt like nobody needed me no more because my son was the youngest. So, you know, there was nobody that needed crayons and mommy, I'm hungry and I need to wash clothes. Like, we're doing our own thing around here. My husband's grown and we're pretty independent. And so I did this foolish thing. I went and bought a dog, which we most of the time do. Right. Talk to most people that grieve. Most people that grieve mm -hmm. go buy dogs because dogs are friendly and they're comforty and they needy. And I remember my pastor saying, I see you. I see you don't went and bought that dog. And I'm thinking, I just wanted a dog. Right. Where it was a part of my process because that dog needed me and guess what that dog gave me the fuzzies with like my son did when i walk in the door he was wagging his tail and he was jumping and you know and and that was like mommy 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 i need you mm. so that's something interesting you just mentioned so basically when you're grieving you just said something how it's you want to feel needed, especially if that was something that you were already in the process of doing, right? Mm -hmm. Is there, and you, and I'm just throwing this out, this wasn't part of my notes, but is there 
any possibility that someone who is constantly wanting to be needed, mm-hmm. they, they, they may have lost their father. They may have lost, you know, their husband. They could have, I'm saying all through the years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, ne- and never got the proper counseling, never identified the 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 whole um different processes that mm-hmm. they need to take to manage that type of step or grief that they were in, and now they're operating out of just feeling needed because that gives them life. Have you ever known like some people will just continue to operate out of a, a certain place because oh wow me. You know why? Because just because my son died, it didn't start there. I told you I lost my mother 20 years prior to that. And even with that, we had some things that went on with me and my mom where she needed me. I was always needed, baby. And now don't nobody need me? I'm used to being needed. And when I'm not needed... And let me, I'm going to just keep it all the way real. I'm still learning that process. And my son been going almost, this year be 10 years. But I don't know what it feels like not to be needed until I walk this process. Wow. Because my childhood was, they needed me without getting into that story. You know? And so, yes. But what we do know is this. We know that overall, we all think we need more money. We all think we need more relationships. We all think we need girlfriends and boyfriends and, you know, big houses and big cars. And hey, if you like it, I love it. I I mean, I ain't mad at you, but we need God. Yo, if I, listen, I would have, you know, when you had kids, I can't even imagine not knowing God in this, right? And let me tell you something, because first, let's start here. I never thought I would live two minutes without my son. But by the grace of God, that it's been 10 years. And I'm just halfway crazy. Not all the way. That's God, right? But real talk, like, I, you know, you never think you could be without your children. That's not something that's imaginable. And so it's funny because through my grief process, people used to say to me all the time, I can't imagine. And you know what I would say? And I don't want you to. That's not something you want to ever imagine. But I, but by the grace of God, like I've learned so much through the, just these last years, even through the pandemic and stuff, I depended on people to confirm me. I, I was a people, I was a whole lot of stuff. But through grief and through the pandemic, you know, because that pandemic was grief. We lost a lot of stuff, right? People, places, and things. Yes. But, yes. but I'm so grateful because the confidence and the reassurance that God has given me has carried me. But by the grace of God, because again, when you grieve and you just want, you know, the first year of grief, anybody, any grief counselor, anybody you talk to about grief, they'll tell you don't make no big decisions the first year of grief. Because you're only looking to feel better. Not understanding that nothing is going to make you feel better but God, right? Nothing. And see, that's good right there. I don't want to judge anybody tonight, but I'm, I'm questionable. Sometimes when people jump 
Um, and I'm always praying. I'm very, I'm always praying like, Lord, I don't know what today brings, but whatever it brings, cover me, keep my heart and my mind, you know, because we don't know if we're going to see that person that leave out in the morning and come home. I don't know if my kid or, you know, I'm going to get a call or anything, but, um, so many times you see people do things in that first year, right? We, because, and, and I could be wrong and I'm not, you know, no specialist in it, but I felt, I always felt like in that first year I lost my dad, that first year you're vulnerable, you know? Yes. Emotionally. Cause you just want to feel good. And you find so, so many times. A lot of people jump and get married or they buy the car or, you know, they get this. I had a friend years ago and he, he, he had a, almost a million dollars. His mom left him and his mother passed. And it was to the point, um, he ever almost every day I wasn't married. He was just a friend at the time, but he was like, Jackie, let's go out to eat. And I mean, he was wanting to buy three and $400 meals like every night. And I was like, okay. And I had to stop him personally because I didn't want to, I, I felt like I, I could have took advantage of him, but I knew he had all these other people who were. And I had to have a conversation with him one night. And I was like, no, I'm not going to go out and eat with you. I need you to understand your, your mom left you this money. And I know you're trying to feel good and you're trying to, you know, he was like, I just, I just miss my mom. I'm like, yeah, but these people are just spending your money. They're not gonna, they're not gonna give you that satisfaction. Ultimately, you know, I was like, you're gonna have to go back to God. His mother was a believer, strong believer, and I just talked to him, talked to him. So he finally started going to church and you know trying to, but he blew a lot of money. And so I always, I don't know, Yolanda, I'm always praying like, Lord, I don't know what tomorrow brings, but whatever it brings, please cover me. Right. To understand, and I thank God for people like you who I know personally. You know what I mean? Listen, baby, I tried it all. You hear me? You could, and I mean, transparent moment. You know, a little bit of wine turned into a lot of wine. Right. You couldn't tell me I hadn't smoked in ten years, in twenty years, but you couldn't tell me that Newport wasn't going to save my life. No, real talk. And right. even through. That I was like, Lord, I know this is just part of the pro please, God, let this be a process. Don't let me go back to doing none of this until it got on my nerves and I got rid of it. But again, it felt good in the moment because you hurting so bad, you just need an instantaneous feel good, right? I just want to feel better. That's all you want to say. I just want to, I'm tired of being under this cloud. I'm tired of crying. I'm tired. I'm tired. You, that's where you get, I'm tired. And when we get there, I'm tired means I'm headed towards depression most times. Because I'm tired. When you say I'm tired, most times they can't even tell you what they're tired of. It's like, I'm just tired of everything. Because I don't know what I'm tired of. I'm just tired, right? And so... We try all these things, but again, it all leads back to God. It all leads back to getting rid of the distractions. But again, it's personal and we need God. God said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He didn't say nothing about Yolanda being strong because Yolanda not strong, y'all. Yolanda owned grief, speaks, wrote two books, all that, all that. Yolanda loves God. But Yolanda's not strong in Yolanda because Yolanda really just want to 
cry all day every day because I miss my son. Right. You know, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do a lot of things. I'm not in despair. But that's Yolanda, Yolanda's flesh. You know, we talk. That's what she wants to do. But God said otherwise. Right. And that's how we came to grief speaks being birthed and the, you know, the journal. That's all God. That ain't me. You think I would? Let's come on. Do you think out of all the professions in the world? I would pick up I would personally pick a profession to deal with people who are hurting every single day. I know. To deal with people who some people do can't see their way out. People who want to end their lives just because they want to see their loved one again. That wouldn't be my choice. I probably would be um I probably would be a shopper or something for other people, like rich people. They give me the money, I, I go do the shopping. Like, you know, something fun. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't be sitting with people talking about, you know, trying, praying. I would pray with them, but praying that I'm giving them words that can bring them life. Right. That I'm offering services that can change their life. Like you said, you pray every day. I pray every day. Lord, help me make a difference in somebody's life. Let somebody look at me and see hope. Don't see perfection please right but just see hope that one day you can be better it can feel a little bit better right that you can you know one day you're going to feel like i can go on you know and that happens with grief speaks like god told me i don't care if don't nobody show up i'm there if i can make a difference in one person's life y'all i did my job and i did what god called me to do Amen. And that's why I um Kana who's on the live, she said um he gave your pain purpose and blessed your yes. gift. Yes, and let, can, let me speak to that real quick. So when I walked through grief with I mean through the journey with my son, I kept saying, Lord, well, what's my journey though? Right? I know I'm gotta walk with my son, that's my kid, but what's I just kept asking God. He was setting me up, y'all, all the time. Set me all the way up. And I'm grateful for it. But yes, he took my pain and birthed my purpose. So the whole time I was walking with my son, I was pregnant with what had to be birthed after my son left mm. me. That oh was the, That's the new baby. Mm. It'll never take the place of my baby, but that's the new baby that was birthed. And guess what, y'all? I'm just, I'm still learning how to care for the baby. So I don't have it all together. Don't look at me and be like, oh, listen, but by the grace of God, I'm not at the crack house because I just want to be numb. Right. I, I do. I don't want to feel none of it. But God said no. I and need I watched you. you. The crazy part, Yolanda, you know, I was around when your son passed and all, and we were close before that anyway. Like you said, serving in ministry and became good friends before all of that but i remember the day naquil service his home going and i mean it was so blessed yes I mean, it was over 300 people that got saved that day i know it was, I, to see, it, was, now, it, it, was it was muslims in the house I know. like now every church of god in christ was packed yeah we were actually at bethel deliverance yeah the big one on Shelton Ham Avenue, but yes, oh, three 
That's okay. 300 people got saved. It oh, was it Muslims. It wasn't, it wasn't about every person. Uh-uh. Nope. We was at Bethel because I we me and him was at Bethel Northeast and we had the, the um home going at oh, the big I Bethel. Pastor you Lambert. I'm thinking I'm thinking of Nate's friend. I'm thinking of Nate's oh, friend. Oh, oh. bam, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they it was had, blessed. They both had that same cancer. That's why I got confused. But guess what? But, um, but the Lord used me. I didn't know Bam. But the Lord used me to minister to Bam's mother right. and the quill and the quill to minister to Bam. Right. Because I remember y'all. I remember but it was amazing through that time and after that time how you kept going. You like I I see I seen you as a fighter. And I seen you that you always been a fighter with tenacity, but I seen you was like, okay, I'm doing this in my son's uh, memory. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to continue to remember him. I'm going to continue to drive. And then you kept going and then you went back to school yeah. and then you kept, and then you started the foundation and then they yeah. doing grief speaks. And then I, when I joined that night, the grief speaks and all the people that was on the zoom, I was just like, my God, look how God, you know, like Canaan just said, he blessed your pain and gave it purpose and like you said it's still you're still nurturing this baby but out of all of that like you said tonight god gets all the glory because we don't know in this life what we're going to be handed down what's going to happen and we don't know what our race look like right they say the race is not given to the swift and even to the strong but to the one that endures we don't know what that race is right and the one thing that I kept seeing and that, that I thank God for you tonight, and even in a lot of my other friends that have lost loved ones and myself, is our faith in God. Like you said, the only way we can make it, the only way, because there's no goodness of our own, right? We're like dirty, filthy rags, and it's but for the grace of God. We are who we are, that we have what we have, you know, and and, and that we understand that. Because... Yes. When it's all said and done, and like you say, tragedy comes and things come, the mind is so delicate. The, the mind is, of course, we always know that's the battlefield for any and everything. And it all starts with our mind. It all starts with those thoughts. And it all starts with, you know, how do we navigate? How do we, like I went through a really, really bad, um, and I talk about that when I, had um, a divorce, you know, and that was like death. And it was like, yeah, I had to navigate through this pain. I had to navigate through it was it was not only the, the, the divorce, but it was so many other components that came with it. Yes, I had, I had to navigate through I had to navigate through disappointment. I had to navigate through um, loneliness, loneliness. New, newness. newness. It's a whole but that's the thing. And that's what makes it unique, right? It's also unique to everybody, every person. I mean, again, if I could say what I just to bring it in grief speaks, I I teach our participants to, to own your feelings, speak up, because you're not supported, because you're not saying nothing. There's support out here, but you have to say you need it. Own how you feel. So often we're uncomfortable to keep other people comfortable. That don't 
Mm. Don't mean be offensive, but sometimes you have to be honest about what's happening. I know there's times I had to say to people just having a conversation, I'm sorry, I can't handle that right now. Can we talk about that later? Right. I I cry in front of my kids and my grandkids. Holler, scream, all that. And most people be like, oh, no, I don't do that. But you know why I do it? Because it helped my grandkids understand that I was human. Right. And guess what? They don't get nervous when I cry. You know, when moms and dads cry, kids are like, mommy, you okay? What's the matter? What's the matter? Where I didn't go through that because I told my grandkids exactly how I felt. So when they see me crying now, you know what they say? My mom, you miss Quill? And I can say, yes. And they'll say, okay, it'll be all right. And they go ahead and let me cry. But they're not distraught. But we hide so much from each other. And then when you tell the truth, I'm just going to be honest. Some Everything ain't for everybody, but some people, as they say, can't handle the truth. You ain't never lie. So as soon as you tell the truth, then something wrong with you, or you you saying too much. And No. I'm about to be free. That's what I'm going to be. I know that's right. And that's the way I live my life. I ain't saying that every decision I, I make is right. I do pray for guidance and for direction. But at the end of the day, losing my son at 16, he was 16 years old. I'm going to live this life free. That's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be free. And anything that's in my way, it got to go. Right. I got to be free. Right. I have enough pain and enough heaviness on my own. Right. So I just pray every day and ask God to help me with the decisions I need to make, the places I need to go, the things I need to do, you know, um, the mistakes I've made, all of that. So let me ask you, in your experience, is there any stages that you've seen in, in different ones that you found or they found to be more difficult to overcome? So one of the one of one of the stages, um, acceptance is really hard. Not that the person lives in denial, but just accepting that I'm expected to keep living without this person that I love. Mm. I remember saying, like, I lost my son, and y'all really expect me to live here on this in this world without him. I'm expected to do that, huh? Had to process that a little bit. That's accepting that you have to keep going or you know that you're not, you you can't just stop it being depressed or accepting that you need help. So acceptance can go a long way, not just the fact of the person dying. How about accepting that you need help? How about accepting that you're lonely? How about accepting that you're depressed? How about accepting that you're suicidal and you need help? Right. That's the acceptance that we ignore, but we but we want to accept that the person dies. So there's acceptance is really hard because that really is the, the beginning of processing grief. Yeah. I, yeah. And I say that too, because I remember again, when my, my dad passed, and I got the call. I just talked to him 10 minutes before getting another call from my aunt telling me 
he was dead. And I was like laughing at her because I thought it was like a joke. And she was like, are you home? Are you by yourself? And I'm like, yeah. Have you talked to your dad? I'm like, yeah. He's going to call me back. He just went to the store. And she was like, oh, well, I just, I'm calling you to let you know, you know, he just passed away. And I went through the whole thing, being the only child embraced by my family and, um, you know, Carmen, all of them embracing me and feeling the love and, you know, went through the funeral and cried. And it wasn't until one day, because one thing about my father, he was like the one that I connected with, right? Um, he understood me. He understood, you know, my ways. He was silly. I was silly. So I went to pick up the phone to call him and it dawned on me and that that was the day that I really sat down on my bed and I cried you know, you know? Mm -hmm. and I just cried and I was just like wow I had this person who not only did I come from but they understood me in such a unique way where I was so misunderstood by so many people all so long but this man understood me. If I came from work and I could explain the problem to him, he'd be like, yeah, you felt like this. And I'm like, you know, and you know, because he understood me. And even to this day, I truly, to be honest, I don't have anyone that understands like what I'm talking about. You know, I mean, you talk, but, right. or different ones talk where we could be real. And, but a family member should I say and that 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 really was like a time when you just said something when I turned to just and I'm being I'm being very open I just with smoke marijuana I just was like okay I'm relaxed I'm working I'm good I'm paying my bills but I don't have to think about what anyone thinks about me and care until God delivered me from that you know and I was functional you wouldn't have never known it unless you smelled it but I was good I would you know, would never do that now because it's crazy anyway, and I'm free and delivered. But it was a coping mechanism. Right. You know? And when I when I got delivered, I asked God, Lord, take that from me. Take the cigarettes away from me. Take this. God was just, he was just taking it because I was, my mind was made up. Long story short, I was saying that because when I just asked you the, what's difficult and you said acceptance, I can relate to that to this day. You know, and even like I had a good uncle, my uncle Abraham, he passed. That was like hard. It was so hard. Hit to the family, my Brenda, my Maybell, certain ones that, you know, I had to go through this process with burying them, you know, and walking that with my cousins. And then my youngest aunt, Brenda, she was like always there for me, you know. If I had to fight in high school, she was like, call me, get your jeans, get your Vaseline, put your hair in a ponytail, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you always got that one eye, yeah, right? Yeah, That'll be yeah. like, I'm going down okay. with you. We're going down together. <laughs> yeah. And my friends, they, they didn't want to see my aunt. When my aunt was there, they knew, oh, gosh, she's going to jack me. I'm going to have to fight her, y'all. And I was a fighter. But thank you, Lord, for deliverance. But when my aunt left, you know, I was older, of course, but it was such a loss. And I had to accept that. You know, and what you said one day, I was in the car with Cordell. Cordell probably was like nine. And me and her would always get together on the weekends. And we would go out and do our food shopping and talk or whatever. And this one particular day, I pulled up to Walmart. And I just cried. 
because I've missed her. I've missed her, you know, yeah. her, get yeah. over and get this, or he go extra $50. Girl, if you don't go get Cordell this, or I'm giving her money for whatever. And I just missed it. And it was just like Cordell said to me that day, Mom, you miss our Brenda, don't you? And I was like, I do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, though. It's crazy because it's like, it's, it's something that we got to deal with, um, but yeah it's a part of life one thing we gotta the one thing we have to accept um is that death is a part of life it is and we just have to learn um to cherish the memories yes that's it of death being a part of life because that that's one thing that's in order for all of us. But when we can take the time to think about the memories that they left and honor them, like I teach my clients, honor your loved one. You can cry, do everything you need to survive this thing, you know, but don't self-destruct. Right. But honor, think about how you can honor them. Like that's where the Nikhil Jamal Booker Foundation came from, giving out scholarships. Because I was like, oh, they're going, as long as I got breath in my body, Nikhil name will be alive, right? That's my way of honoring him. I'm still sad. I still go through my times, but that's my way. And one of the, you know, um, Jack, I don't, you I'm kind of losing power over here um, with my my phone because we couldn't get on with the computer. So I'm just kind of, I want to be able to touch on the coping skills, if you will, um, yeah. before my um, phone dies, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, one of the coping skills that I give my clients is cognitively changing your mindset. Changing your mindset doesn't mean forget your loved one. Right. But it does mean when it when the um what I usually do with my clients when they have that sad moment, I tell them to tell me the funniest story that ever that they can remember of their loved one. And it's the cutest thing because they could be crying their eyeballs out. And the next thing they like, yeah, because I remember when she blah, 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 and now they cracking up. They don't forgot that two minutes ago they were sad. Right. Grab hold to the things that make you smile. Right. Like every time I look at macaroni and cheese, I smile. Because my son loves food and he loves macaroni and cheese. Now, for somebody else, it might be like, you know, she loves those kitten hill shoes, you know, <laughs> depending on who we're talking right. about. But grab a hold to that. Have your sad moment. Don't get me wrong. Don't sweep under the rug how you're feeling. But honor them in a happy moment. Some people, I journaled with Duna Quill's um, journey. Because what I want to say is, I grieved my son before I grieved my son. Because my son was sick. Right. So I watched my son decline. So I grieved every day. Because every day moved closer and closer. Right? Until the day I lost him. Then I grieved his loss completely. But I grieve this boy that he once was. You know, I grieve the handsome boy that I raised, that I saw, that I took care of and to, you know, to see what he looked like at the very end. Like it was it was devastating. So I grieved the entire time. But baby, I get in here and I think about some of the stuff that me and him used to say and do. And it would and I'd be tickled to death. And that brings me out of my moment. 
Right. You know, it right. doesn't bring out the fact that I still miss him, but it gives me that good and warm and fuzzy feeling that I need in the moment. Right. You know, and I, I may start crying again, but that's right. one of a coping skill. Another is journaling, writing it, getting it out of your mind on paper. When you get it out of your mind and on paper, check it out in about six months. Look back at it and you'll see how far God has brought you from where you were, right? So journaling is another coping skill. Deep breathing, believe it or not. I know people be like, it sounds corny, but listen, oxygen is good for the brain. It trains the brain. So if you take deep breaths in and out, you literally train the brain to calm down. Mm, so That's good. So um, deep breath technique. And then lastly, I'll give you, um, there's a grounding technique to bring yourself present. And it's called the five, four, three, two, one technique. So you get a negative thought or a sad thought. You bring yourself present by saying, Yolanda, what do you see? I see my niece. I see my pocketbooks. I see my computer. I see Jackie. I see. What do I hear? I hear the TV downstairs. I hear the, the noise on the podcast. I hear my cat moving around. What do I feel? I can feel my desk. I can feel this cup. I can feel. So what that does is it brings you to what's happening right now. And, mm, it, takes, and it takes away the anxiety that we allow to grow when we don't counteract the thought. Mm. Because what happens is you get the sad thought, right? So you get the thought that I miss, like I'll say often out of my mouth from the way I say, I miss, I miss Quill, right? But if I don't counteract that thought, I go from I miss Quill to I miss the way he did this. I miss my mom. I miss my aunt. And then I start to spiral out of control because one one thing triggers the other. Like I was doing. You see how I was right. talking about my dad? And I yeah. My yeah. You so if you stop it at the very core of what it is bring yourself present you know we talk about it in prayer bring yourself present bring yourself meditate talk about what's happening right now and if you want to do it to make it present what do i use your five senses what do i see what do i hear what do i touch what do i taste and and just bring yourself and all of a sudden you won't be thinking about that thing because you'll be thinking about what you're doing right now that's good and Yolanda, so for those that are going to listen or, or look at the replay or who are listening, how can they connect with you? Sure. So Grief Speaks meets for support group in person at 1628 Church Street in Philadelphia or on Zoom. If you would like to join our support group, you can register by um, texting 215 327 8498 with your name and your email address and we'll add you to our email address and send you the zoom link we also have a website www.griefspeaks1.com don't forget the one because we're the one we're the one right so don't forget the one we are on instagram grief speaks the number one facebook we are yolanda booker I mean, I'm sorry, Yolanda Grief Speaks. And so your website is www.griefspeaks1.com? Yes. Dot com. Okay. Yep. And the phone number they can reach you at to, to sign it's up for text? 
Count me in. You know what? Out, you know I support, and I want to get back on to Greece speaks. Um, some of the things I've done with counseling, but I felt like with grief, it's like you said, it's inevitable, right? We're going to lose, we're going to leave here, um, and then just being, you know, in the capacity that I'm in now, and and dealing with people, and I feel like that is so vital, right, to be able to know how to care for those that may be hurting, support them. And I'm, I'm one day, of course, will need support as well um, and have needed support. I just thank God that I've come to the realization from working, um, you know, in my career in psychiatry to understand how important it is to have counseling. And so when I get to roadblocks in life, a lot of times, you know, my husband or my daughters, they'll, even my son, they'll look at me crazy. So I'll be like, we need to go to counseling. Your husband's like, huh? For that? And I'm, I'm, I'm a stickler. If I can't figure it out, I need to get in somebody else's brain. Resources. That's right. Counseling is a resource. That's yeah, right. And, and just hear what someone else has to say who is God has, you know, ordained in that area. Um, I do want to give a couple Bible scriptures. I want to give an offer to salvation to anyone that may see us tonight. And then, Yolanda, you'll pray us out because I know your phone is getting low, right? It is. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I want us to be reminded, like you said something powerful tonight, how um, it's by the grace of God that you are still standing. And the Bible states in Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, one through four, there is a time for everything. In the season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up. And you're building up today. I thank God for that. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and then there's a time to dance. The thing I like about it, the Lord says in Psalms 18 and 2, the Lord is my rock, what you say earlier. He is my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. Refuge. And when we don't know what else to do, God is a solid rock. And I want you guys to be reminded tonight that you can always stand on him. You can always stand on his promises, his will, and his way. And like I said earlier, his promises are yes and amen. God is near to those who are mourning. It says rejoice with those who rejoice, but weep with those who are weeping. And that's in Romans 12 and 15. And then we know that all things work together. But that scripture sometimes can be taken out of context because when a person is hurting, we don't want to hear and we know all things work together, right? Because that's a sensitive time. So I want to remind you tonight that um, one, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 13 says, but we do not want to be uniformed about believers who have died so that we will not grieve like people who have no hope. And so because we live and we have our being in Jesus Christ, we don't have to grieve like those who may not know God. Like Yolanda yes. said tonight, God is a very present help. And if we would just go to him, if we would just acknowledge him, he said, acknowledge me in all of your ways and I will direct your path. And when we acknowledge him, even in the good, the bad, the ugly, God is still there to direct us. He will put us in touch with those people. And so tonight I thank God, Yolanda, for you coming on the podcast. Thank you. With us taking this time out so that people can know that there is a will in the way because sometimes we don't want to connect with people that know us. We may want to connect with people that don't know us. And so Amen. That's why I thank 
you God for allowing this platform, giving me the opportunity to be used and to bring others so that way if you see tonight, even if someone has not passed and you know, let me start to, to learn and let me start to find and let me just connect and be a blessing. God could be using you in the area of, you know, being a, a servant, serving um, in Yolanda's ministry, serving others who may grieve and finding those mechanisms that she teach, right? And so I thank you all tonight for joining. I want to um, just remind you to stay connected, join in with Yolanda and Yolanda again. Thank you. Thank, thank, you, thank, you. You, thank you. And if anyone tonight want to get their heart to God, just say this prayer with me. We're going to pray out and then we're going to end the podcast. Father God, I thank you now for another opportunity that you have allowed me to come before your presence. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God, that I believe, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart, God, that you have raised Jesus from the dead and he now lives in me. Thank you, Lord, that I am saving. God, I will serve you for the rest of my life. If you said that prayer, listen, you have just crossed over from being out of the will of God into the will of God and being in the body of Christ. The angels of heaven are rejoicing. Yes. And we are rejoicing with you. So we thank you tonight for joining us. I want to pray before we end on tonight. And again, we'll continue to stay connected as any as we do, Yolanda. But continue to um stay connected with us. Those that will join the podcast, I do have my remnant podcast gear now, chosen by God gear. Um, as you see here, our logo. Ooh, can y'all get see that? Mm, well, I, I need a shirt. <laughs> I got you. Text me, of course, your address, and I'm gonna send you one. All right, All right. cool. A shirt and your size. Let's pray. Father, we bless you. We praise you, God. We honor you. We thank you for this time together, God. We thank you for everything that was imparted on tonight, God. We thank you that whoever listens to this, whether it's now, whether it's later, that they would be comforted by you, God. We know in Psalm 61, one of my favorites is, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So know that there is comfort for you. There is support for you. There is love for you. God said he would never leave us nor forsake us. Even though it may feel that way, God is still right there. So I'm asking God right now to comfort you like only he can. Only he can. Depend on him to comfort you. Lean on those that you know will support you. God, we ask that you would just have your way. Bless the Remnant Podcast, Lord. Oh, God, we thank you for it going through the highways and the byways, Lord, that the word of the Lord will be declared. So, God, we decree, decree and declare tonight healing for every person grieving, support for every person here that's grieving. God, we ask that you would meet their needs financially and every need that we have. We thank you, Lord, that you said that you would do it. Now, God, as we leave this podcast, I ask that you just be with us, Lord God. Um, bring us together, form relationships and support. Yeah. God, we just thank yeah. you. We thank you for Grief Speaks. We thank you for every word that was uttered on tonight. Yeah. We thank you. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Listen. Girl, I'm on 3%. Ain't God good? <laughs> and look, we got the victory. We was not defeated tonight. We will not.
not be defeated. defeated. I, I, listen, what I say all the time, and I'm hanging up for real. Devil, sit down and shut up. <laughs> I love you, girl. I love, I love you. you, Elijah. You bet. All right, baby. Too. I miss right. you, too. <laughs> Have a good night. Thank y'all for joining.